0: Hey, this is Cardi B. You're listening to The Man Room with Marcus Bridges.
1: People might actually believe that one. Yeah, no shit.
0: (laughs) I'm pregnant.
1: (laughs) Grab a drink. This is The Man Room. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Man Room. I'm your host, Marcus Bridges. Thank you so much for joining me today. Of course, as always, you can find us wherever you subscribe or listen to podcasts. And uh, you can donate to the show at the website. You can join the Patreon, blah, 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 all that stuff. Let's get to our guest today. Only the second person to join me a second time in the Man Room so far, and the first person to be up here twice in person uh, his new special's out right now. It's called Andy Andrus' Last Shot. Please welcome to the man room, Andy Andrus. Thanks for joining me, brother.
0: Hey, you're welcome. Or, uh, I guess, uh, thank you. <laughs> hey, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Welcome me back. <laughs> yeah.
1: How's, uh, how's everything been going, man? The special, I watched it. It's awesome. Uh, by the
0: way, you can buy it on Vimeo, and uh, it's on Pandora as well, right? Right. It's all across all the uh, platforms now. It was a uh, uh, 800-pound gorilla, this company, picked it up and does the audio distribution, and then it was exclusive with Pandora okay. for a minute, and then, then then now it's on everything. Yeah, uh, And I have it on my website, which I just, everything corresponded with putting this thing out. Like, uh, my, my friends on my uh, uh, podcast didn't think I could have a website up. Yeah. And I knew I had people working on it that knew what they were doing, but, it, you know, in the past, there would have been, like, Everything would have been a shit show and it wouldn't have worked out, but I knew kind of I, like I have a good team assembled this time. So yeah, I got a website, naturejack.com, where I'm selling the, the t-shirts and laminates from when I taped the thing that looks like you were actually there. Okay. And it was taped in uh, a very small setting, so uh, uh, it was taped in Doug Stanhope's. Uh, basically his, uh, t- what would be a tool shed if he had tools that <laughs> uh, this is like called the fun house. Cause it's just, you know, it's that kind of room. It's like, you know, the kind of room where, uh, you can jam a bunch of friends in and make it look like you're at a old fashioned comedy club.
1: Sure. Well, and it, I I found it to be really cool that they were able to um, get as many camera angles on you in that small setting as they were because there's a lot of uh, really good camera work in the special and, and yeah, the,
0: and the, and it was kind of a. a, a a paced together crew uh, of to send, you know, like I got Provenza to direct it. And then I gave him all the pieces of uh, what a director would go. What the F, f are you doing, man? You can't, you know, <laughs> at the, uh, it was, a uh, 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 they made mistakes. Uh, there was, uh, they left, there was one camera that was like, a, a wood, uh, uh, would, uh, blur out all the other shots because it was left on autofocus. So but Like Paul, you know, Paul being, a, a, a you know, a, an old artist and all, he had to uh, really kind of do a lot of work, but that's why it looks the way it did. It's like, you know, there were certain things he couldn't use and the uh, uh, definite challenges to it. So, uh, sure. and, and, you know, I... The compliments I get from it are, and uh, are the ones I enjoy are the ones that also, you know, include the, you know, what Provenza did because it does look different than a lot of comedy specials. It looks kind of like, you know, what Paul was saying, I want it to look like kind of a speakeasy. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have heard people say that it's like, you know, kind of feels like a, a different gender or different time. Sure. So.
1: Much different with the, with the camera angles, too, and stuff. You don't have very many wide shots that's head-to-toe on mm-hmm. a big stage because there obviously isn't that right. room in there. Yeah, so.
0: and I was never uh, – like, even on a really grand stage, I've stood – prop by the microphone like you know i could walk around you know there's hundreds of feet i could walk around but i just stand locked up like a mannequin (laughs) so having uh having doug stanhope's place where there wasn't any room uh for movement was perfect for me because you know then it didn't look like it was oh man he's like a guy told me once after i had the stage in chicago it's like you wasted that whole stage (laughs) and then he handed me some cocaine so like now who's you know i don't know what to do here this guy gives good advice and now but he's giving me drugs too put me back up there
1: after a little cocaine you might walk around a little bit oh yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah definitely would uh, pace that stage with coke in my system
1: see i think i don't you know don't perform much but when i do perform i think people probably have that uh that vision of me because I, I pace around a lot and mm-hmm. I do it in my everyday life too. When I get on a phone call, that's like involved and I'm talking, mm-hmm. I will pace a livestock trail around this yeah. house. And it's weird how I just go to places and I don't really think I'm going to walk upstairs or I'm going to walk into the bedroom, but I do it, you know? Yeah, I
0: do. I do. I pace around like that. But when I, I don't know, for some reason in comedy, it's like, I'm a groomsman at a wedding mm-hmm. to stand there, locked, try not to fall over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh in my new my new world, or when I restart this comedy, I feel like I should try to move around a little bit, yeah, I mean, maybe, but at this point, you know it's like bucket list item, like <laughs> move more than twenty feet while performing a half hour or forty minutes or whatever. <laughs> Uh, once again, check
1: out the special, um, I bought it on Vimeo for 10 bucks, very affordable. I definitely want people to go out my listeners and pick this thing up. Um, I bought it cause I knew I would want to watch it again. And I already told my wife about it and she's super excited to check it out with me. So we're actually going to watch it again tonight. Uh and just have a have a nice Friday night because man, I've always loved your material. Ever since we got to work together way back at the Donkey Show, you have your own you have a voice like nobody else that I can really describe that I've that I've ever heard and, and uh I just really enjoyed the work,
0: man. Yeah. Thank you, man. I I, I know when I was like, you know, I, I I we probably talked about this, but I wanted to do like every, you know, like all the other comics go. I'm running my hour and shit, and they have, like, they have their agent set up all these gigs, and then they run their hour. They go do and uh, and and they, you know, show discipline. And that's just not how I work. And then I had like, you know, the lead up to this, I had a few gigs that were okay, you know, but there aren't not gigs where you run your hour. They're gigs where you just get through and have a few drinks and get get your money and get out. But I, I set up a schedule that had a, just a few good... I mean, it was like real hit and miss. So it was like I wasn't not only getting comfortable with the material, I wasn't getting comfortable with performing and any of that shit. And uh, and then uh, I went and recorded. And that's kind of how... I mean, it wor- sadly, it's how that works best for me, where I feel like I'd, I'd my life would be happier if I could do it like the traditional way. Set up a bunch of things and be well-prepared going in. But I go in uh, less prepared than I wanted to be. And, and then, uh, up against the, you know, it's like, I don't really start diving into it until I'm ready to fall over a cliff and fail. And then I'm like, okay, how do I, you know, (laughs) how do I solve this? Yeah. (laughs) I'll grab onto that ledge there and uh, see, uh, but that's kind of how it came about. And, uh, and I, I'm, you know, like I can't watch myself. And then I was just happy that I what I was hearing from people and then going, oh, wow, they really got what Paul was trying to do with it. And, that you know, they liked what I was doing. And even though I could over explain it and go, well, on that bit, I was I was trying to work it all the way back here. But it's like, uh, you know, you can get too. Uh, rehearse you can get too like comfortable with the material and and uh like i've heard from a couple of people about uh one of their favorite lines in the thing had to do with William Howard Taft and, uh, that he was on the Supreme court. It was like just a random <laughs> fact I had in my head, not something I had prepared to like, Oh, that'd be a good tagline. But that's the part of what I do is I throw in weird shit that even I wouldn't repeat it back. I go, that's in there. Okay. I'll take your word well, for it.
1: Well, I'll be honest with you. I learned something because I had no idea, but, uh, I yeah. mean,
0: it worked for sure. Yeah. I mean, his, you know, when he went out of office, just people go, wow, well, he was the fattest president. We've ever had, and that's kind of colored uh, his post presidency. <laughs> I
1: think. Yeah, it's. It, I, I think maybe because he's he's so far in the lead, like nobody's well, ever come within like fifty. Pounds but now of him. I feel like,
0: like if there wasn't a doctor who like, exaggerated, I feel like Trump is like you know because yeah, that's true. Older. Older days, fat wasn't quite as you know uh, sprawled out as fat. It was more compact fat. Right. They didn't have the McDonald's. They to didn't really have as many in. preservatives yeah. to really like just you know the the body just got fat based on uh, on the nutritional or whatever by the amount. But now there's all this other shit that you can get really clownish built, <laughs> like
1: <laughs> have that really front set top yeah. half for oh, some man, reason that yeah. doesn't
0: look like it fits on your hips. Yeah, it's like uh, you know. Yeah, like there's only. Certain ways that a camel looks, but now, you know, but if you started (laughs) feeding camels, some of the shit that people eat, they'd have all (laughs) kinds of other fucking bags and humps. I was, uh, it was really cool to see on the special
1: too, after you, you came in here on the podcast and talked about blowing up a pig. And I oh, right. actually, yeah, I, yeah, I don't remember if we actually ever said that it was a glass pig. Right. So I was kind uh-huh. of under the impression yeah. that it was an actual pig right. until uh-huh. I saw the intro, which uh, you know that that looked like a lot of fun, man. That's yeah. my kind of fun—just right. a, a, a ha- table full of guns
0: and a lot of stuff you can blow right. up. And that's why I was like. Uh, that's what I was focused on the first day of the taping <laughs> or no, that was the second day of the taping. The first day didn't, wasn't, you know, we used pieces of it, but it just, I wasn't in a good flow. And then the next day, instead of running my, you know, going, you know, Provenzo wanted me to like go over the material with him. So I went and we did, he was with me on the gun range, but after that, he, you know, I think he assumed I was heading back. And instead me and this guy, Kenny, a local, uh, uh guy in Bisbee played three, uh, like 12-year-olds in basketball, like, you know, they were talking shit, and we're like, let's go, man. And so I was there, and then I got back to where Doug's place, you know, for the second night of the taping, about an hour before we taped, and Provenza was, like, pissed off, you know. He's like, you know, if this fails tonight... You know, it's going to be all our, you know, we're all going to be bummed. And he's like, where's your, and he made me sit down and come up with a set list, which is like, you know, and, and st- him and Stanhope. it was like a, pl- the movie platoon. I had, you know, the good sergeant and the bad sergeant. And Doug was like, I don't, don't let Doug, Paul's like, dude, just tell me what you're going to say first. I'll write it down. And, you know, cause he just wanted to know. And I was like, man. I don't, that's when I come up with that line about blowing up the pig because I didn't really know what I was going to say. But he made me write out a set list, <laughs> and, uh, and he wrote it real big so I could look at it on the stool in it. And it was like, so I could actually... Like I, I, I know I've had set lists before, but I didn't have them taped there uh, and all that. And it was big enough so I could look at it, but it, it, it gave me a little comfort to go, okay, I do, you know, I do have a plan. Right. Even though somebody forced my hand at the last minute and I wrote he wrote it out and taped it on there. None of it was my idea, but it was like, it gave him, it gave us all a peace of mind that I wouldn't completely get, you know, cause I'll get sidetracked and forget whole chunks of what I was trying to do. And this is like for taping, it doesn't work, you know? Right. <laughs> so Yeah, I, you got
1: to be pretty regimented, I imagine. Right.
0: And then within that, then I, I I got it enough to where I could throw out some random shit that worked pretty good. <laughs> That's
1: good. Yeah, yeah I, I find myself, um, I, it's weird when I write something down, if I'm going to go do it on stage, I'll write it out like an essay. Mm-hmm. And so I forget a ton of stuff because mm-hmm. I do it like that rather than having, um, you know, I'm, I'm such a, I think, a writer at heart that I'm always worried about being too wordy or not wordy right, enough right. or using the right vocabulary mm-hmm. when really it's not about that as much as it should just be about the funniest part of the sentence, right. you know, or and bullet point out. it
0: and go, you know, But yeah, I kind of feel like that's what I do anymore is bullet point mm-hmm. and then just kind of go, you know, because it's like, I've done bits where I've done it perfect the first time through and then I lose interest in it. Uh, yeah. It's like. And Doug's, like, telling me, you know, like, I'm on a tour with Stan Hope. And he's like, do it that way. You drift that part, you know. But it's like, I t- you know, it's like, I don't know. It's like you sing it great on the when you record it. And then it's like, why do I want to keep doing this song over and yeah, over? Right, it's like, right. you know. Uh, and that's, I'm also thinking about this because I haven't done a gig in forever. And I got, you know, I got some, uh, you know, things that I can go do. But it's like when you record something in comedy, you're supposed to start fresh, you know. It's like I want to go out, and I know Hedberg re- did bits that he'd done on things, but mm-hmm. I want to just go out, and I want to work on the Mother Earth bit, like the Aristocrats, where it's like I can make it grosser. I can I can add element, you know. The, the, the ocean's caught fire since I recorded that. <laughs> uh, it's like just, you know, it can be, you know. But I kind of want to reuse that, some of those is. Uh, when I go do a gig, I want to be able to just go, I'm going to re- I'm going to cover what I already did. So if you don't like it, you know, as people go to a concert and they want to hear the songs that they heard on the album, but comedy, it's like, dude, we heard it. You yeah. Know? And it's, I don't get that because I would be, I mean, if
1: I, if it's something I liked mm-hmm. and something that I was really, uh, you know, excited about, I, cause I have found myself a couple of times going to see comedians and being bummed that they didn't do certain right, right. bits that yeah, I yeah. thought were their home runs that for sure they'll do right.
0: that one. You yeah. Know? It feels like maybe like some of the diehard comedy audience uh, made that seem like a weird thing where it's like, no, I mean, you know, that's what, uh, maybe not even the diehards, because I think the diehards would want to hear what you did, you know, uh, uh, like, you know, Stan Hope, I know he has some bits that are just so good and they'd be good whenever you heard him for the first time or whatever, but because he recorded it and it's on something that he just starts with, you know, which he's, he's been one of the greats about, uh being uh, prolific and coming up with right. a whole other thing that's just as good as what he had or whatever or better uh but that's not the case for a lot of comics and uh uh, you know, like, uh, I, I, feel like some of the bits that I recorded on this thing were not near finished, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I hear them and it's like, oh man, I've thought of all this other parts of it, you know?
1: Right. And so why not take it out? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm totally in support I of that. I got no you know?
0: inspiration is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's, uh, I, uh oh, Hey man, how's COVID been for you? How did you get the Moderna or the Pfizer? Oh, that's cool, man. I shouldn't ask. Yeah. No, I mean, I, it feels like, uh everybody's probably come out and done the same kind of thing out of, you know, out of the gate. But I was like, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not in a hurry to get back out there and be on that first. I'm not a first responder <laughs> when it comes to comedy. And, uh, and I want to go, you know, I, I do know what I'm going to do first. Uh, and then I'm going to do something in Seattle, but I'm going to go, go somewhere and jump up on stage somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh well, that's great, man. I'm not doing uh, an hour or going, hey, you know, I'm starting from scratch. <laughs> Brand new material Brand tonight. Brand new material. Yeah. Wow, that COVID, huh? Wow. <laughs> what do you guys talk about? <laughs> well, last time we got
1: quite a bit of mileage out of bees. You were having some, right, we was having a yeah. war with bees. So, yeah, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I know. I'm trying not to, uh, like, because we did a lot of my uh, uh, podcast during that time. And I, I was like, I know. Uh, I'm in a loop as a human and I'm on a, a <laughs> loop on that show. I was like, I don't want to be like, Oh, here we are. It's back to the bee, <laughs> back to the bees. But I know that's what my life is, is like, you know, right now I'm looking at the bee situation. I mean, I'm not, the, those were hornets and yellow jackets and shit, but now I'm trying to get more bees into my yard. Cause I got I, uh, a small patch of garden and a couple of uh, herb plants that I'm uh, putting some love and care into <laughs> a little dlc yeah <laughs> that's great yeah and obviously the good bees help
1: but it's the, it's still those asshole bees they don't do right. any good for that stuff yeah so. no
0: they bury themselves in the right next to your property or some you know and you you go yeah it's like I spend more money on those than I, it's just it's like the you know you want to help a homeless person, but you know the panhandlers you're like to should I help? I spend more money on yellow jackets to destroy them than I do like I should just go get a honeycomb and put it out for the good bees, but I, right. I spend fifty sixty dollars a month trying to eradicate these fucking temporary. It's like you know. And they just keep coming. Yeah, they're just yeah. renters, man. <laughs>
1: They're renters and you've got section eight. It's what's right, going yeah. on. They're
0: just, they're coming for you. Yeah, but uh, last year, a guy's person, uh, one of my listeners on the podcast sent me a bee B-suit. So then when I got, once I got that, you know, but it was like, it was very, you know, last year with the fires and shit, and I had a this B-suit and I was going out in the smoke, you know, <laughs> out into the smoke in a B-suit to dig up, uh, and it's like you know it just seemed like end times and i was like right. one of the, why am i one of the survivors <laughs> and uh, but yeah that that was a weird weird days that that two weeks of just apocalyptic oh, smoke man. surrounding the area
1: and you got a little bit clinchy on 4th of july too because it, i mean look it's it's record you know dryness it's mm-hmm. it's all this uh, drought conditions and they're telling people to stop watering their lawns yeah. up in portland And there's mortars going off everywhere. Yeah, I did.
0: I I wondered probably in this neighborhood where I'm at, and I go to bed early enough. I don't know. I didn't hear any, uh, but uh, I looked at when I drive by those things, those church groups selling fireworks. I'd be like, like. When I see overt flag waving, I'm like, you dicks. (laughs) Like, you know, oh, yeah, go! I hope you make money on those fireworks, you fucking terrorists. You're going to, you know, you could burn down everything with your need for a fundraiser.
1: Yeah. And, And, I mean, it's true. There's a house fire in Portland that was just attributed to fireworks, I think, like, in the news today or yesterday. Yeah. You know, I I mean.
0: I was a guy who would get, I would do drugs, and I had I would I do cocaine sometimes and uh, not and I would put I'd have all these illegal fireworks, and uh, and legal ones and I'd get I'd do some blow and then I'd get all the fuses ready, <laughs> and and I'd have multiple f- things and when I did the fireworks it was like, as close to uh, uh you know a a, a, a rock band's pyrotechnic <laughs> guy or, or somebody who volunteers to set fireworks off, I was that good. But I don't do them anymore because it just seems like, you know, it seems real obvious that if one spark and you could have just killed people yeah. or whatever. Yeah, That's or like, taken
1: their homes or destroyed yeah. so much habitat. Whatever, I, don't, I don't
0: set off fireworks now for the same reason I wore a mask. Not that I'm worried about myself, but I know I could kill somebody if I breathe in their face. There you go.
1: <laughs> and the same reason that Nature Jack is a thing, right? right. It's just all that.
0: It's yeah. It all kind of falls in line there. Yeah, just... Nature Jack is a way to prevent future people. Yep. It's not anti-people. It's just, come on, man, there's enough. <laughs> it's not population control. <laughs> it's, it's merely management. It's, yeah, it's self-con- <laughs> self-control. <laughs>
1: Oh, man, that's great, dude. Uh, And, you know, we never even mentioned It's something we always talk about on the show, but we are having mimosas today. It's the same thing we had last time. Man-mosas in the man room. I didn't have one last time, and I actually haven't had one for years. I really forgot how good these
0: are. You you know, I don't even know why, but I I just get a taste. I feel a fall. I mean, I know it's an, we're in an unprecedented heat wave, and uh, maybe it's because all the trees are dying and the grass is dead or whatever, but I just had a, oh, man, football season. Yeah. And, uh, you know, having a, a tailgate or whatever. I got a, a little uh, shade tent that I set up mainly – for my plants and the cats or whatever, but it made me think of football season and yeah. grilling and stuff. And uh, I know that we haven't really had that for uh, quite a while. And the thought that they'll be up to full capacity and that you know, it's like wow, that I'll probably get emotional to sit in a football game. You know, like, oh yeah, for sure because
1: we, you know, we gave our, we sold our season tickets back to them. Basically, they they bought our our season tickets back last year but we had to commit to this year mm-hmm. last year and so it feels like now mm-hmm. that it's 2 years in the making and I'm yeah. I'm ready for it man yeah. I, you know the tailgating is is my favorite part I, I love right. football yeah, yeah. more than anybody but it's that that camaraderie and the grilling and uh-huh. just the smells and the sights and everything you know yeah
0: like like uh i uh, maybe this was during you know during lockdown or or uh, one of those windows where they were like, oh, people can go out to a limited capacity. But there was two guys playing guitar, it, it, like by market of choice and so And I don't even think they were very good, but it just made, I'm, you know, I started to, like, you know, get weepy like I was watching a travel commercial when I'm sitting <laughs> in an airport or, oh, <laughs> man, I miss my family. But it's just like this weird emotional reaction to even entertainment that wasn't, you know, I was like, oh, man, you know. It's like you'll give people a little more well that don't sound like the eagles but uh you know <laughs> but
1: i'm here for but it. But
0: it's like you know just the the whole the sounds and the people and all that it kind of comes together like football is all about you know smells and and sounds and everything and you know if you do it right you shouldn't even worry about the game too much
1: you know <laughs> right there's enough of the games that i don't remember the second half right. of that yeah. are some of my favorite experiences at mm-hmm. the at the stadium so you're gonna yeah. come out to a tailgate this i'll year? definitely be
0: out for tailgates and cool. uh, yeah, yeah. Right now, like my big, I got tickets to Todd Snyder, who's going to be performing in October, and I'm going to start my comedy career in that same time frame and go, you know, on some road trips and stuff. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, the, uh, I'm not in a hurry to go back and, and make the mistakes I made before, you know, or, you know, it's just, I'm like going out and just touring a bunch and, And uh, barely propping my health up throughout a long run of shit doesn't seem that appealing, but I want to do stuff that is going to be you know more uh, uh, more fun. Right. And uh, hopefully a little bit more financially beneficial or whatever, but uh, I'm you know certainly not like shit, man. You know where's the gig? I'm ready to get in my car and drive to it. I just want well, you know as long as there's six cowboys and three three angry troops, I'm ready. You know, it's like a, <laughs>
1: not anymore. I mean, huh? like, yeah,
0: like I mean, comedy. That's how you start out. You pay your dues and you're you know jump in front of anything. But if you're you know still wanting to do that in your uh, later years and as you go up, it's like you know I guess that. That's uh, good, but uh, it's also pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is we're not going to see you out at any of these Eugene open mics anytime Probably soon. Probably not, unless, <laughs> you know, I, I was at a, uh, that uh, Blair Alley in the back uh, the other night. Oh, Slice? The no, pizza place? not in back of Blair Alley, but they had a, a oh. they had karaoke. they had a host out there, but just I, <clears throat> maybe they've done more since the COVID, but that space there, with they had a cool sound system, And I was like, wow, that would actually, as far as an outdoor venue, that could be a really, you know, poppin' area to do comedy at. Mm -hmm. Like, if I do comedy, it'll be like, you know, I'm not going to call the local bookers and say, well, you know, uh, I'll give you 70%. Yeah. Just, you know. (laughs) You're going to set your own thing (laughs) up. Right, yeah. Yeah. I think that's how I do something here. but uh,
1: I think that's how everybody should be doing it, really. There's a few different people that are putting on comedy showcases in Eugene right now, and you can tell that it's something that they've gone out, and they've shopped, and they're basically shopping a venue for it, Mm -hmm. and they're comedians themselves. They're either going to host or present or whatever, and, you know, I I think that that's the best way, because otherwise you do have to give somebody 70%, you know? Right, right,
0: yeah, yeah, and then, you know, I mean, and then, you know, like, well, uh, I don't want to name names, because these guys are real uh, douchey, but uh, they're uh, uh, doing patriotic comedy. Oh, yeah. You know, there's two of them. They're patriots, and, you know, they're... but, but. it's like their poster is really lame. I saw one over in the coast, but it's like, you know, but but they're also making it easier on themselves because they're selling what they do. It's like, you know, hey, they're going to say some things about liberals that are, you know. So it's like the same thing if I would was doing a show and a bunch of people who are ultra and there's nothing wrong with patriotism as it used to be presented, you know, but now this overt, like, you know, Slim Jim's ad kind of, I'm an American, you know, it's just stupid to me. Very monster (laughs) truck-like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, if a bunch of those folks showed up, went to my show, they might get worked up. But if I advertised it as a safe zone for livetards, you know, uh, then that's but that, you know. That's also going to get people's
1: feelings right, started. but it's
0: like, yeah, oh yeah, and it's like I I would hate to go do comedy where I was like, hey man, everybody who thinks exactly like me you should come out and, and put a poster out as like-minded individuals because it's <laughs> like comedy's not supposed to be specifically we're targeting one group and you know comedy's about you know kind of taking uh, power back a little bit and if you're just gonna uh, you know jump on the the same <laughs> the same bullshit as power and make fun of the weak uh, or the, you know, the empathetic or whatever it is. I, I would, I, you know, I would think that I would be bored going to a patriotic comedy show unless there was like, you know, marching girls and they come out and uh, do Yankee doodle dandy and shit like that. it be really over the top. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's to me, it's just repackaging illegal fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, uh, it's funny
1: that you don't want to mention their names because I know exactly who you're talking about. We actually have, mentioned their name on this show yeah. before uh yeah, because yeah. uh chris castle's got into a little a uh, little scuffle oh, right, on facebook right. with one of them yeah uh and uh so we talked a little bit about uh mr Ilken. alex Elken. yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and uh he's been doing it for a long time man uh, i didn't know this then but apparently he started uh he, he, he went on a tour but it was like he was moving somebody across the country so like he basically just kind of co-opted his tour like to move him along the way uh-huh. and he took like couple extra weeks couple to get them years. over there, yeah, and, and uh, it was not planned. So it was uh, – that story when I heard it was hilarious. But I yeah, I thought it was funny that the way their show was getting uh, kind of – you know, they, they canceled it in Salem. Right. They canceled them on the, at the Capitol Theater, I believe, because it was uh, – I think that the venue didn't think that it was going to be, like, a safe place to do it because of yeah, what the material and was. and it probably
0: – I mean, you know, and I, I wouldn't put it past them that they canceled it themselves – yeah, just for you the know, publicity. Cause they got, yeah, because it's like not good ticket sales, and then they're like, call up, hey man, I have concern about these guys. They're they're too extreme. I remember Chris <laughs> Warren back, one of his like back in the early early days when I first started doing stand up comedy, and the head he, he had a headshot where he was like in a gangster suit. He had a, like an old style machine gun, and then what you would describe in the poster is whores hanging on him. Mm-hmm. And money. It was like if you went to a state fair. Like, and yeah, they- <laughs> it's like if you were a, you were a kid and you got hired to be in J C Penney's catalog for Halloween, <laughs> or like that. But he was he was politically incorrect, and that was you know. So it's like there's certain comics who just rebrand themselves as the same. You know, right. it's the same act, but they keep rebranding it. Now I'm too controversial <laughs> for radio. Now I'm politically. You know. Now it's like uh, I'm a patriot. But I've never repackaged myself once.
1: No, it's always uh, been the same, and I think that's what the good ones do. Those other the people look if you are that far along in your career because everybody knows they've been doing it since the nineties. Mm-hmm. You, if you're repackaging at this point, then it was never going to stay to begin with. Like you were always going to end up yeah, repackaging. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. How many of the greats out there that you that you grew up loving have gone through some type of major transition in their act? Well, you know?
0: Rodney kind of fell into fame late, but he. Uh, he was already ha- – I mean, he was Rodney. He just was doing a different thing. And But it, between takes, he was like, oh, hell, hell, I don't know how this is going. I think, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he presented a more confident picture back then. But he just – I think what Rodney did is his things, uh, you know, it opened up. He just let his inner voice out more. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm dying out here, you know. <laughs> and, then and that became part of his overall thing.
1: You're talking about Rodney –
0: Dangerfield, uh, Dangerfield, yeah, 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 yeah not man. Carrington. <laughs> I didn't think so
1: for a minute. I it was funny because that's the I, I know that this is a sin in comedy, but that's the first Rodney that pops into my head because uh, I introduced him at the Holt Center when oh, I was working okay. for the well, radio yeah. show, and he invited my mom and my sister and I all onto his huge ass tour bus, and I could uh-huh. not believe. The bus that that guy was driving
0: around in. I mean... Well, and it was probably... uh, He was up in the ABC money at the time. Probably, yeah. But uh, I'd like to see how... As I saw him before all that, like he was in Boise, Idaho, you know, and working. And he was, you know, had management and things were going well. But I, I went to that show, too. I remember sitting in the back there... And going, why is this floor so slick? And then they came around and I go, would you like some chew? Like, they were they were good. Like, I, wow, man, what a, uh, you know, I, at the Holt Center was like, you know, the floor was slick, was spit behind me is what I figured out. It's like, wow, all these, they're giving out like Skull or one of the Copenhagen products to everybody. Right. So, you know, it's like everybody's spitting on the floor.
1: All ages show kids get it. <laughs> Whoever wants it can have it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's, it is kind of crazy how much of that stuff they give out. I've been to a um, couple different, you know, like uh, at Rodeos is one place. They'll, they'll have mm-hmm. a they'll have a trailer, and there'll be mm-hmm. a line of tight pants cowboys around the block, and they'll walk in there one at a time, and they'll give them a sample of, like, each flavor. And they come out like a fifth grader that just came back from a field mm-hmm. trip. They got a bag of, like, souvenirs. Yeah. And, uh, and Everybody, and they just, let, you
0: know, the idea of something free, and then going, like, Man, I don't need it. But you're like, ah, you know. <laughs> I uh, I was at a Raider. It was a Monday night Raiders versus the Chiefs in Oakland. And my friend was a Raider fan. He got us all the tickets and stuff. And uh, I was just in this this cor- area at the at the stadium. And a guy just has a box. And he rips the thing off and goes, giving out towels, like Raider dish towels. And I got one. And then – by the time I thought, oh, I should get one for my friend, and I could have just given him that one, but I went back, which, like, I was right there when it opened, and then in the minute 30 seconds it all hell was breaking loose and it was like all these fucking full-grown men some of them in makeup and hello, you know uh, but all like you know all like the same cut of jib from the guys storming the Capitol, you know all a little bit chunky all a little bit too emotional all and they descended on Mom. this thing and i couldn't get back to get a second towel and uh, and then the towel i had got ripped from my hand as i was just like getting body Body soaked up and punched <laughs> and whatever and uh, it was like the scariest shit ever that I've been. You know, it was like that's what I think hell. Will be like till you get through the front area, and then I hope after that it's like, oh man, okay, here's a here's a spot. Is there any shade tents? <laughs> it's just nothing but comedians and rock stars after you yeah, get through yeah. that first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just yeah. It's like all these yeah, it's people who don't know how to handle a meet and greet. Like, all right, just wait, man. Everybody's gonna chance to meet Rodney Carrington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it is funny free stuff, and and
1: I noticed it too because the other event that I was thinking of that they were giving out a ton of skull hat was a, a NASCAR race that I went to in uh-huh. Vegas, and I, you couldn't believe it, man. There's there's all this stuff to see. There's you know there's a full racetracks worth of stuff on one side that you can go and, and just do and. You know, performances, and there's all the merch and all of the food and everything. And there are people that'll go out there and stand in that skull line for two yeah. hours in the Vegas
0: heat uh-huh. in
1: the desert and just waiting yeah. for free dip. You know, it's what just,
0: and what, and then a lot of them don't even know what they're getting. You know, it's like, <laughs> I
1: don't know. Well, there's all these other the people. idea
0: free, <laughs> yeah. On the uh, I, I was a writer on the man show back in Joe and. Uh, Stanhope had it. And this comic from Seattle, Yoshi, uh, he worked for Evil Angel, Angel, one of the porn places, and they would bring bags of swag, you know, like porno swag. And Stanhope's mother took almost all the vibrations. I don't know, you know, <laughs> I know, I know Doug cleaned out her place after she died, but she had to have a box of vibrating stuff anyway. <laughs> But they would have all these pornos, and they would be like, you know, big jugs, and, and then a lot of risque titles with, the, you know, men with penises, or, uh, you know, women with penises, however that is. I don't want to say it wrong. Get canceled. But, but uh, Yeah, yeah, but I would switch them around. And I would go into the crowd and go, hey, man, you like big tits? Woohoo And I'd give them what would, you know, probably not be what they wanted. Uh, and I just felt, you know, I'd never give them what they thought they were getting in the box. It was always the reverse. You know, but, uh, do you like women with tits, uh, big tits? No, I'm kind of into uh, women with dicks. Oh, uh, oh, here's one. Oh, man, I don't know how to do this for you. <laughs> You know, porn shops and uh, and, and uh,
1: porn companies are funny like that because in my experience in the radio, uh, the porn shops would almost give you whatever you want. You could mm-hmm. be in there and be like, can I get the wedge and the swing mm-hmm. and a copy of Top
0: Guns? You know, and yeah. they'd be like, yeah, here, take all of it, you know? They're, they know that, well, like that kind of stuff, I feel like it, and maybe it's less and less anymore. It's probably all, you know, bought from Amazon, but... Uh, they would count on, you know, you telling people where you got the big fist and then they would <laughs> go, they would actually, you know, it would pay off or they gave you, you know, some weird titles. And then you recruited a group of people that were into those titles.
1: <clears throat> well, at Andy Andrus ruins Christmas. I remember there was a, uh, like a eight inch <laughs> diameter butt plug that was like the size of a football on the stage.
0: Yeah. That the, oh uh, yeah. Yeah. It was sponsored uh-huh. by, I think the right that, the adult shop. That. Yeah, yeah. One year, uh. Yeah, I was I was talking to somebody about that the other day, as how uh, uh, I, because I, I, not not uh, not a uh, uh, Tanner. But uh, the other guy on the donkey show that moved to away first. Drew. Well, Tanner moved away first. Tanner, Tanner moved. Yet. Okay. Tanner was bad-mouthing the show. But it, it's like i it was called Andy Andrews Ruins Christmas, and I had Justine, or, uh, Justin, uh, who was Levine's guy at the time, and he did corny magic and stuff. And it was like, but it, uh, at the time I was like, man, why are they dissing on the show? But I, I f- felt like he didn't understand that I really meant I was trying to ruin Christmas. <laughs> i get, you know, Billy to read just some Christmas poem drunk. You put and, me on stage. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> but it wasn't like, I'm promoting this. I want this to be the best comedy show ever. No, I just want as many acts on there. And uh, people at the end of it going, I hate Christmas too now.
1: Uh. Well, I after I did it, I hated Christmas because of how terrible it was for me. I just I I, I went up there and bombed it. But
0: yeah, I mean I, it was it was a fun show. I, I had wa- a great time. I've always wanted to have a good showcase room in Eugene. And it's always been, I've never went out and look, I mean, I've always wanted one to exist without doing any of the legwork <laughs> right. on it, but uh, it's usually, you know, uh, a room that might be okay, but they run it as an open mic where there's, there's 35 people signed up and, and, uh, no logic put into time or any energy, whereas a showcase, you get four or five people and you do a real, you know, show uh, tighter show yeah, or whatever. But,
1: it's. I mean, there's been a couple of them. I remember at the the green room, it was kind of like what you're talking about. Though, is there's a lot of open yeah. mics there, but it was it was set up. correctly. I hated that
0: way that room was set up. It was like, good god, man! It's like you know,
1: because of the bar being where it was and everything like that. Is for,
0: I mean, you know, not to get too John Taffer, but <laughs> the 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 way the room was set up, and then they would never cover all the distractions on stage. Like, you know, you can get a fucking curt, you know, a curtain or something. And then the, fr- but the furniture was so stupid in there. It was like, yeah, you know, like a, from a seventies salon or some shit. <laughs> right. And it didn't, you know, it's like, I don't know, but yeah. Uh, the actor's cabaret back in the day, I liked the, the feel of that room. And then when I first started doing comedy, I, in Coos Bay, I would drive up and do the black Angus, mm-hmm. ha- uh, that, uh, 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 I don't know if it was the black Angus or that hotel there, but they had a, a room and, and I saw like Bill Hicks there. Oh, wow. Uh, but it was just a, you know, it was a hot room and it was like maybe a Tuesday, Wednesday night. And, uh, there's never been anything that, you know, maybe it was cause I was new to it. Uh, I opened for David tell at the McDonald night. I mean, I do like that room, but it's sure. also you know, it's huge, huge. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. And, uh, But, uh, you know, Cal Loons was always awful. I you know, Cal Loons, you were just on a dance floor and, uh, and it was just, you know, they made no, all they would have had to do was build a platform at some point. Right. And kind of make that feel like it was a stage rather than, you know, I mean, but that was one of the gigs I did a bunch, you know, stand up there in the middle of the dance floor and try to get them to keep quiet long enough. Like, I know you guys want to breed, (laughs) <laughs> and back then, you know, there was no COVID to worry about. And once that dance floor opened up, you know, it was on. Everybody got into yeah, it. Yeah, it was a truly a meat market bar.
1: You know, uh, it was funny one time. I was hosting an event down at Kowloon's, and and basically, my whole deal was they just they wanted me to grab the mic a couple times an hour, say all the things, mm-hmm. and then I it was a real easy gig. And mm-hmm. Kit took care of me very. Kit yeah, yeah, took care yeah, of me uh-huh. very well. But uh, one time there was a DJ down there from like a different radio station, and he was playing this. Sp- he was playing the hits, and then I was on the mic every now and then. And he wouldn't give, he wouldn't let me oh, up really? into the DJ booth. That uh-huh, bastard would uh-huh. hand the mic over the front, so I had to stand oh, yeah, 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 in the middle that. of that grind time that you're uh-huh, talking about right, and yeah, try yeah. to talk to people bumping into me and people <laughs> wanting to get their hands on whatever I'm, you know, whatever promo items I'm handing out. It yeah. was an, it was always fun down there, but it was a nightmare. Uh-huh, yeah, you know? one
0: time I. Uh, uh, So uh, I'm going to do multiple name dropping. Victoria Jackson was in town. She was working with my friend Kelly Moran that they had a private gig, and across town, Mitch Hedberg was going to be at the Kowloons, and I was friends with Mitch, and so I wanted to go hang out. And I was, so I was like, I'm going to go, you know, and, and also Kelly Moran and Mitch Hedberg didn't get along. Yeah, you told the story last time on oh, the okay. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, <so laughs> you I kept, got him in the same M- room, right? Yeah, M- <laughs> Mitch was so late to his gig, and I wasn't even on the show, but Kit was like, you know, if you go up and do some time, and then he, he would give me food. So I would, I would be, you know, like Hedberg was real late. Like he was more than f- like 45 minutes to an hour late. Oh, okay. And it, like he stoned and lost like in Junction City or some <laughs> shit. And I, by the time I got done, I had like, you know, 15 of the, I had two, two uh, stools full of little boxes of or, uh, food, Chinese food. Like, oh man, I'll do another 10 minutes for Marfar chicken. <laughs> And, can't, you know, but I did, I did like an hour and 15 minutes of, <laughs> of, all right, well, I guess I'll need some more oh, rice man. to continue. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I would do 10 minutes for Marfar chicken oh, from man. Kowloon's. That's <laughs> yeah. good
0: shit. Yeah, now it's, out. you can't even get it, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's, it's vintage, yeah, for Isn't sure. It, yeah, they're out of business, right?
1: Yep, and it's too bad, man, and you wonder how, uh, how much further that, because, you know, that's what you're talking it was COVID, basically, from what I understand, like, and they're one of the only places that would deliver anywhere in Eugene that you wanted to get it. They Uh would come to you. And so if it's going to take down that institution, God, I bet you it really wiped out some good ones, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, yeah, you, uh, you, like some things go out of business and you wonder, was it COVID or just the timing? It's like a lot of things where you're like, do I really want to go back into that thing? (laughs) You know? And they're like, maybe, you know, we can use this, get some, uh, get some money and then just sell it, you know, uh, I know that uh, there's that uh, bagel place, uh, Humble Bagel, and they went out of business. But it, it, it was before COVID, but I also feel like they were just, you know, they ran their course, they raised their kids, you know. Right. And it was, like, time for them to get out. But uh, if they would have stuck around another, you know, year, then they could have got COVID relief funds and then cashed out. <laughs>
1: exactly. You know? That that uh, forgivable loan, you just go uh-huh. to Vegas with that, right? Oh, man, hell yeah. <laughs> so I noticed uh, I, you got the, the uh, Hayward Field hat on. Uh, of course, Hayward Field here in
0: Eugene where uh, they do the track and field trials, did you go? I went to the – I have a friend who – who's a coach at Auburn so he he's always good about getting me cuz I you know I'd go to more events if people would just give me tickets <laughs> right so it's I easier you know, that so way. I went to the <laughs> NC2As and uh, and I loved I you know I've always been into track and I got a phone. I can. I was sitting above the starting blocks for the women's sprints, and I can, sp- like, do super slow mo. you know, I mean, it's it's just more graceful when the women do it. It's not a creepy thing, but it's just like watching that whole, you know, all that goes into that first, you know. But and, I, I'm, and I and I didn't go to the uh, the trials, uh, uh, but uh, I'm bummed about that girl, that uh, Lakara. And she should be the you know like Nike had her on the glass window of their store, and then they took her down immediately because she smoked a little a marijuana little and, and because uh,
1: her mom died.
0: Because like, oh, her, I mean, yeah, come and, on, and, you know, uh, and uh, and then she owned it too. There's a there's a girl who uh, I forget her event about five thousand meters, I think. Uh, tested positive for steroids, blamed it on a pork burrito she got at a food truck, which is pretty clever and within the realm of possible. But this Lakara, the next day, got on the Today Show. And if she she could have said, I uh, had an edible, I didn't know it was, you know, anything. Somebody ghost me. Yeah. yeah, anything like that. She knew exactly what it was, completely owned it. I hope she makes way more on the other end. Uh, she'll be back for the world championship. maybe they won't have those stupid rules. yeah, it's like uh, you can do roids and shit like that as long as you figure out a way to cheat the system. but if you smoke marijuana, it stays in your system forever. And uh, so she, you know, knew the risk and still did it because she needed to, you know, talk about a junkie. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah. still... And uh,
1: I saw a meme the other day that said, if you can smoke weed and still win the 100-meter dash, you should get two medals.
0: And she won it with such flair, you know, she, she, like, wouldn't, she wasn't the fastest out of the blocks. She just knows... After the blocks, she'll just kick it into another gear, and she's that much better. At the age of 21, that much better than any competitor that she would have faced in the in the thing. Uh, and to win the Olympics, she might have needed to come out of the blocks a little stronger. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the fact that she, uh, you know, smoked reefer once, it's just, like, stupid. It's like, you know, track athletes should be able to have... Uh, a, a hit of marijuana after their workout, just as much as a drink of beer, yep. and uh, and for the for the world organization to discriminate, and she's going to be the one who's kicked out for that. It's like, uh, you know, shit. More of those track athletes need to smoke weed because it's a boring sport, and most of <laughs> them they get done, and then they go, ah, oh, just all the glory to God and everything. It's <laughs> like have a little personality, you know. Right. That's that's what she had. She was a little bit arrogant, but. Uh, uh, f- Full on personality and and all that, and then now she's gone. Yeah, and she smoked weed. But you'll get ten of them that'll be like, oh, I ju- I just did what God designed for. Well, shit, man. Did you face any adversity? Yeah, but God helped me. It's like, nobody wants to hear your f- fictional account of how you got there.
1: <laughs> yeah, and let's think about this too from like a from like a gram standpoint. Like that's how they measure weed, right, in grams. How many more grams do you think Michael Phelps got in one bong hit than yeah. what Shikari got with uh, with just a little joint or whatever, you right. know? I mean I I mean,
0: d I don't know all of Phelps' story, but I'll bet he would have quit swimming years before he did if he couldn't smoke weed. Because yep. for guys like him or, you know, people who are uh, have the, a little depression or a lot of pressure they put on themselves, sometimes smoking weed uh, just gives you a chance to get out of that loop that can be damaging to to athletes or anybody. It's like, you know, this uh, constant negativity and all that or pressure you put on yourself, and then you sometimes you just go smoke a little weed. It's what they call in therapy getting grounded. Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. you know, when they go, what do, what do you do to get grounded? Grounded. I smoke weed. Ah, uh, no, no, no. It's not. No, no, no. Yeah, no. no. But that's <laughs> getting grounded. It's like stepping away from your. Like you're angry about something, and you're about to say some shit. You take a break. You go smoke a little weed, and then you come back to it with a whole different outlook on it. Right. And that's the what that you know. C- come on, everybody who doesn't smoke. I don't know. There's a lot of people who I don't like who started smoking weed and I don't get it, but I think they're probably better because they smoke weed than they would have been. It's not a fix all. Uh, No, it's not. It's definitely, and it
1: can't be your personality either. If that's your whole personality, it's just that you smoke weed. There's an issue there, you know, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm hoping because like the NBA and some of the bigger leagues are starting to relax a little bit about mm-hmm. it. Look, if you want to be on the right side of history, I think we're kind of proving in the United mm-hmm. States, especially that it's time to it's time to relax a little yeah. bit. Most of the people you've run into are high, right? Especially if you're in Oregon, right? Now. Right, <laughs> like and I and
0: probably you didn't have this with radio in the beginning, but it's radio now. If you were, but uh, it's like you know, if you drug screen everybody. Uh, and you base your hiring practices on whether somebody had cannabis in their system, you're going to have a shit Christmas party every year. It'll be like, uh, oh, uh, oh, no, no, we don't do reefer at our, you know, it's like, uh, you know. Like, not hiring somebody because they smoke cannabis on occasion is is cra- a crazy way to go about hiring, I yeah, think.
1: Yeah, it is. And I will say, fortunately, they never drug tested me. Mm-hmm. If they did, they didn't tell me that they were doing it, and they, they didn't ever reveal right. the results. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
0: the problem with drug testing is cannabis is the one that shows up the easiest, and, and like alcohol, you can get out of your system a couple of days. Cocaine, same thing. Almost everything. Roids, any of that shit you can have out of your system or put something in there to get rid of it. Mask it, But yeah. cannabis, it will stay in your system because it, it's a part of your body. Yeah. It just wants to hang <laughs> on and be with you.
1: It's a part of Mother Nature,
0: which, yeah, you yeah. know, it's it's mm-hmm. it
1: all came from the ground just like us, and yeah. it'll all eventually go back into the ground just like us, you know. Uh-huh. But uh, I, 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 like I said, it's always been fingers crossed. I I don't like sounding like an activist because I also don't like, look, I just want people to be able to do whatever the fuck they want. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, I find it funny that it's like you said, if you wanted to disconnect a little bit and just center yourself and get Mm -hmm. grounded or any of those terms, if you told your therapist, like, yeah, what do you do to get grounded? Well, last night I drank a fifth of Jack Daniels and threw it through my neighbor Lee's (laughs) window. You know, it's like. Okay, well, we're going to back you off of that a little bit, but right. it's totally fine if uh-huh. they want to do that according to these standards. It just seems a little antiquated. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I know that that's how we did it in the Wild Wild West days, but, uh, uh-huh. you know, we've come
0: forward yeah, a bit. Yeah, in the Wild West, they didn't have – the the Indians had the uh, shit, and they only used it for uh, with the white men for ceremonies or whatever, but, the, you know – he would go in and drink whiskey and then they'd shoot up people and shit. Exactly. You know, they were like, trying
1: to calm the white men down yeah, and the peace. The old West, pipes, you, know, you know, you
0: check your guns at the door and everybody gets high. There'd be a lot more old cowboys around and shit. I don't know if that would have been a good thing or not. But uh, Well, the poker you know. games would have taken a lot longer. <laughs> right. You're cheating, man. Oh, man. That's a bummer. I ain't playing with him no more. I don't know if the music would have changed much. Yeah. It was pretty twangy and and, and slow-paced back then. But, you know? you know, nowadays it's a mass casualty shooting, but back then, you know, it was like, oh, three or four people got shot up. It was just a poker disagreement or whatever. Right. This but guy
1: I, got I, caught a hanger, Sarge, and killed three men yeah, last night. Well, I don't think
0: I like to go to bars, you know, and, like, we're, you know, a lot of people are armed, though. You and,
1: know, alcohol and guns have always been weird mm-hmm. to me. I, I have a lot of friends that uh you know and this is growing up where i grew up in a town of 2000 people where a fun day is to take a full table full of guns like at the beginning of your mm-hmm. your special and also a, a yeti cooler full of every alcohol known to right. man yeah and, yeah yeah and to me it's like look i'm i'm all about doing some target shooting and having a beer i don't know if i want to blow things up and drink a fifth of whiskey that's that's something yeah. that you got to draw that line somewhere
0: uh-huh. you know yeah and it's just all goes together you know good time and <laughs> It's what uh I, I mean, you know like I said, I used to do a pretty good fireworks display, but it's one of those things in life. I think I might have moved on, yeah, I mean I still have a couple of uh, uh rocket uh, mortars. But I can't think of an occasion outside of, you know, a certain dude dying, you know, having a stroke on TV or something funny or, you know, but. uh,
1: You're not going to paddle out in the middle of Fern Ridge and fire it straight up into the air? There's
0: not enough water. (laughs) 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 And it just burned the mud up. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, like maybe the the beach, you know, but then there's all that dry grass. Uh,
1: Exactly. You You can't do it anywhere in Oregon. Everything's a tinderbox right now.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that, you know. It's the case uh, from now on. So it's like, why do they keep trying to, you know, bring these fireworks back? For It's like there's about five companies that, you know, Crossroads Ministry or you know. It's like, <laughs> yes. Let's figure out another way to raise funds instead of putting uh, explosives in the hands of, uh, you know. The like, gen pop. Yeah, let's face <laughs> it. You know, the people who are still uh, digging, uh, doing fireworks and shit, it's like, you know, most, most I'm not saying you're idiots, but most people who aren't idiots have moved on. <laughs> and if you're still doing it, I don't get what the celebration is.
1: You know, the only reason that I understand it from any standpoint is for kid, like kids that are too young to explain why we can't do it. And that's what happened out in front of my house. I go out there on the concrete, light up a couple of fountains, and let the kids enjoy it. I can get my head around that mm-hmm. for sure. But it's the you know after and it this really did I mean this is fresh in my mind from last year after mm-hmm. seeing the skies like you said kind of mm-hmm. doomsday orange for two weeks plus it was one of those things where you go well what is it really worth because uh-huh. those fires weren't supposed to get that close to Springfield or Salem or Portland yeah, yeah, and, but
0: they did you yeah know? and when you go take a look at it you can't you, you know I mean where I live you can't I can't help but I think like on an a- afternoon when it's 90 some degrees and the wind's kicking on that it doesn't wouldn't take uh, much of a fucking b- bumble, you know, somebody with a barbecue or something to send us in our cars in a matter of minutes right. to get the fuck out of there because it, you know. There's so,
1: no stopping it once it goes up. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's like, you know, there yeah, p- there's people, you know, and it's going to it's going to happen. It's going to happen in lots of neighborhoods where people doing the same old dumb shit they got away with before. Oh, that's always where I dump my barbecue grill. Well, it's fucking, you know, 900 degrees now, and the wind kicks up, and it's 35 miles an hour, you dumbass. Yeah, so, you can't do you know? that shit anymore. You also can't
1: have a fire at camp right now. Just stop right. it, you know? Right, I know.
0: Yeah, I don't even know, you know, if I would want to do camping anymore. We canceled
1: I, the trip uh, same weekend that the track and field trials were because it was supposed to be, you know, 115 or whatever, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Ashley had us booked at a fucking dry campground where uh-huh. we were going to pack in all of our water oh, and shit yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like we got two people and two dogs. I don't know if we have the cargo space right. for the water that we'll need yeah. on a 115 yeah, degree it's day, like that you that know? show alive. <laughs>
0: yeah, <exactly. laughs> oh man, <laughs> how many more obstacles could we face on this shit? All of them. Uh, okay, the- <laughs> we didn't bring anything to boil water. Oh fuck. Yeah, yeah uh,
1: uh, it's funny too there's two sheep in my neighborhood and I and I don't mean I don't mean <laughs> Trump people. I mean uh-huh. these are there are two sheep that are being raised like a block away in somebody's backyard. Uh-huh. And when you really work a sheep up, it kinda sounds like a like a kid screaming. Right, yeah. And yeah. I really did think that kids were blowing their digits off when uh-huh. they I hear like no! Pop you know? <laughs> Why <there's... laughs> is it
0: funny to the other kid? <laughs> I get why I get it, but don't laugh at him.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I don't I mean uh, look, I have lived in Eugene for what 14 years now. I don't know. Is there some type? There's got to be some type of ordinance against farm fucking animals in the, yeah, the neighborhood, right? I mean,
0: the backyard. I had backyard chickens and I, I, they were a nuisance. Yeah. I was a nuisance. They were a nuisance. <laughs> uh, they left behind a trail of wreckage, you know, uh, and I'm glad they're gone, but. Yeah, I mean, I think I would be annoyed by people next to me with backyard chickens because they cackle and they they announce, you know, like a, it would be like a dog barking for ten minutes. Like, okay, you laid an egg, bro. I'd go out and go, she man, I got it, I got it. It's like okay, you know, I they are, it, I got it, but it's like they're they're gonna, you know, that's the thing you can't. They're going to act their way, so you bring them in. That's why they don't belong in a neighborhood, because they act the way they do. They bleat, and they get all worked up at fireworks. (laughs) Shut up, man.
1: Yeah, uh, my buddy used to have some backyard chickens. He lives over in Bend. And uh, it's really hot in his house, so whenever I'd stay over there in his guest room in the upstairs room, I'd open the window wide open, let that cool yeah, mountain man. air come yeah, in. Man. But at 5 in the morning, <laughs> it's like,
0: shut <coughs> the fuck up, you
1: know? Yeah. Hey, a uh, fox got into the hen house yeah. last night. It looks like he threw a bunch of rocks at him. From they're the just cooing. Story. It's fine,
0: man. <laughs> 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 yeah, I felt like a, they're a pimp. They, I had four of them. And I would open the door uh, down, and then they would come out one at a time, like, you know, like a, like I'm a prison guard, and you guys free to run around and shit. Yard time. But then they would hang out with me, and I didn't really, like, I am like I like to have some space between. Like, they were following me. It's like, you know, <laughs> go away, man. And, and then I'd, like, pick them. What do you need, man? But they just would follow me, and that made me nervous. And then at night I would put them back in, and I had to be there because if I didn't close that, then they would get – Beat up or raped, or you know, the other <laughs> the some shit would happen to them, whatever and, happens at night in your backyard, <laughs> right? Yeah, so it was like, you know, they, it, it was like whatever joy I got when one of them would lay an egg, and I would, I know it was going to happen, and I'd boil water and go, This is going to be great. And it's like they were a hassle. And then if we weren't home at night, then the raccoon would get in and rip one of their faces off. <laughs> we had, were you one, attached at all? N- no, I mean, I, I. Uh, well, here's what happened is I got six babies. I went out to D's out on the edge of town, and then I drove out way out of town to get a thing uh, for a case form from somebody who had it. What I should have done is gotten the case first because I drove out with these chickens in a box, and then by the time I got to my house, they were all dying. Oh, no. Because I let, didn't give them enough circulation, and then I was driving a uh, stick shift and trying to— do CPR, like, whoosh, blowing in their face. Like I could tell they were in, uh, you know, they were making a lot of noise, and then they stopped, and I looked, and they're like, oh, fuck. Exhausted, yeah. Yeah, they're all dying, and I, I got home, and one of them made it through the night. I called him Jesus, <laughs> and uh, and then the next day, Jesus was dead. Oh, no. <laughs> but I killed all of them, and then, sin. I, you know, I still had the chicken vibe or wanted to have chickens, but I killed Six that I chose and go that one and I chose them and they were dead an hour later, and uh, so then we got four. They were about six months old or less, but they were full size. And so I did A kind easier of. Easier to care I for. named them and yeah. I bonded. I you know would hold them, but uh, I was like I I didn't feel any love towards them. <laughs> and uh, and once when we were gone, the uh, the house sitter didn't close the door, and one of them got um, you know mauled to death. <laughs> And uh, the house sitter was really shaken up by it. And I go, let me talk to him. I forget who it was, but I go, hey, man, I just want you to know we didn't love those chickens. So it's okay what happened. (laughs) You don't have to cry. (laughs) We're not paying you extra.
1: You should have seen what I was going to do to it if it fattened up. I was going to have myself dinner. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but I was, like, glad when they left, and it was like, you know, it was a failed experiment. It was yeah. a, you know, backyard chicken experiment it was a failure. <laughs>
1: I, well, I hope that somehow these—I she- don't know how you fail at raising sheep in your backyard, but I hope this guy fails at some point in time. Yeah, I mean,
0: this is a weird neighborhood because you're not far from where people have farms, but this isn't a farm no. area. And yeah, There's uh, a couple German shepherds next door to me that
1: look like they could easily kill two sheep, yeah, and I really yeah. feel like maybe uh-huh. they should just
0: let them run around the neighborhood. Well, maybe you could do some sort of a, a nature— your purge <laughs> <There you go. laughs> uh, i don't know how them dogs got loose but they went right for them sheep yeah. were already covered in chicken blood somehow i mean i have two corgis i could herd the things up and get them
1: out of the neighborhood if i wanted to don't put those things work.
0: kill rats like uh, I mean, they can.
1: Yeah, they can, and they're actually these corgis they thump are. dump them, and they're mm-hmm. yeah, and they're these ones are just herding dogs. Like you can tell when you walk down the hall, they'll they won't bite your calf, mm-hmm, but they'll but, open their mouth so that it touches the yeah. back of your leg, and they I mean they try to steer mm-hmm. you. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I've
0: I've had uh, herding. I got a uh, border collie now, but. She's just, now all she herds is cat food when I forget about it. But she's, uh, you know, at the beach, she used to try to get the family together. Yeah. And it's like, you know, good luck with that. Therapy hasn't worked. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing, nothing you can do. You got a heart of gold, but it's it's, it's a lost cause. Yeah, this. yeah. Go ahead and nip at my feet. I don't give a shit. <laughs> just like she is. Um <laughs>
1: You know, it's funny, the the two, these corgis, when I uh, go down to, like, grab them, you can tell that it's instinctual to them that they need to stay about an inch out of reach of, like, a hoof or something Uh like that. uh Because they won't won't sprint away from you, but they'll dodge you like D'Anthony Thomas would. You know, like, you just, or or Floyd Mayweather. You're Uh just not going to get your hands on them, you know, and and they're fast as fuck for having Uh short little legs. They move like
0: little missiles, you know. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, my daughter was. I thought she was going to end up with one of those, and she got a Burmese Mountain Dog. So she oh, went Jesus. way the other way. Those things are huge, and they're huge and kind of dumb. And uh, yeah. but I, you know, it's she's in Colorado, so it's like you know, there's got to fit in. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. <laughs> there's a dog. Uh, I, f- I forget the town, but it's just this little town on it uh, uh, up towards Red Rocks. But it's uh, they she said there's a dog that hangs out at this bar, and it's the mayor of town. And it's a Burmese mountain dog. So she sent me a picture where her dog met the mayor. And I was like, Well, maybe she can run against the mayor But I (laughs) guess the mayor is very well behaved, you know. I mean it hangs out in a bar. Yeah. And uh, you know.
1: That's that's amazing. What's that go to tell you about the population of the town that the person that they all came together to elect? Right. Was the I mean, dog? While it
0: tells. you I mean, it explains like people like Lorraine Bob- Bobbert or whatever that win in a small community. It's like, yeah, she didn't have to run against a dog. <laughs> yeah. A dog would, you know, a dog's got way less sex scandals and weirdness and shit, you know. So. I would vote for a dog almost, you know, across the board. Yeah, it's oh, true. Oh, wait, it's a conservative? Let me, I don't know. <laughs> What's that mean? Does it what, just have it an American flag? It caller? just wants to shit on <laughs> other people's right to vote. <laughs> it seems like that's that's about it.
1: Oh, man, I love it. Well, hey, Andy, uh, we're already over the hour mark, dude, and I don't ever like monopolizing people's time, but before well, we go, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, you know, obviously check out Last Shot on any platform that you can find mm-hmm. it on. It's
0: free on all the audio versions or some form of what you already pay for. I put it out as, uh, as, like, there's people that I owe money to or whatever, but it's also, I like, people put comedy out, and they go, let's make it free, like, fuck that, you know, let's (laughs) make it free. That means you're putting it out. You want a bunch of of people to watch it so you can work more. Right. I want to work less, so I put it out for a reasonable rate. Ten bucks is nothing for an hour-long comedy special. Yeah, that's what, that's, uh, you know, I did notice the marketplace, though, that people were putting them out for free, and I was like, I'm not really doing that, Uh, you know. And if it's not worth $10 to you, well, you know, there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, like you get in uh, like a meal somewhere and you're like, this is going to be good. And it ah, wasn't all that good or whatever. This is uh, people like what I served up here. <laughs> but if you don't <laughs> like it, it's just like, move on. Yeah. And <clears throat> get another bowl of soup tomorrow. And, you know, uh, we, we mentioned Paul Prevenza already, but
1: uh, also an executive producer, a great friend of this show, Chris Castles. And, uh, yeah,
0: Chris Castles and one Doug Stanhope's place. So it's like, uh, you know, and Paul Prevenza put art into it. Like, I didn't know that. I just hired him because I wanted to get him uh, going on this other project. And uh, and I thought I would, like, he called up yelling at me. To, he goes, you know, you, you don't have any money for the camera crew? Like, I oh, no, I needed money for, you know. It's like it's expensive to put out. A comedy special, uh, if it's not, you know, like, uh, you know, a company behind it. So I put it out, took a chance, and then 800-pound gorilla uh, put out the audio. So that's, like, a, that was a nice thing because they, uh, you know, I didn't uh, envision that. So it's, uh, you know uh, yeah, anyway, I'm it's, trying to sell it now. <laughs> hey man,
1: I, I, am glad that you are because, and I want people like, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you back on. Obviously we could talk and bullshit about whatever for hours, no problem. But I, I want to do everything I can when people do awesome stuff to promote it. And I really enjoyed yeah, it. And, and, and I know. feel like
0: I like, you know, it's, uh, it was, I put it out. I mean, we recorded it. Uh, uh, almost, well, a year ago, October, but, uh, the, you know, I can I feel like, man, the timing of some of it, you know, there's always going to be shootings. But, you know, it's just like I think more people were kind of getting in tune with, yeah, th- these summers are not going to get easier. Right. <laughs> Falls aren't going to be all of a sudden this. Oh, oh, we live in Eugene. It must rain all the time there. Yeah, that was, you know, that's 10 years ago thinking, <laughs> you know, now we like if it rains, we all get out and do a hippie dance and cry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <clears throat> try to keep it there any way possible. Mm-hmm. Hey, the one place I can get behind it is the football games. If I never have to watch a football game in a torrential downpour again, yeah. I'll probably be okay with that, yeah, to be yeah. honest. But yeah. that's just me being selfish. Right. You
0: know? Well, you know, I mean, it, how quickly, I mean, after a long, hot, dry summer, it's like three or four straight days of rain. And it's like, damn, I hate this climate. <laughs> yeah, you <know>? Exactly.
1: <laughs> you're, Yeah, you're a Eugenian for sure with but that attitude. Yeah, yeah. That's where I'm at, too. Now
0: it's like, oh, well, no, here comes the mud season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no we, more white shoes, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, we, we had the fire season. Uh, my One of my friends on the podcast, his uh, fa- his grandparents live in Arizona, and there was a bunch of fires near their place, and then they got a bunch of rain, and their place got wiped out by a mudslide. Are you serious? Yeah, and theirs was, like, one of the few places, that, Dude. you know, but, yeah. But that's like, what happens. Like, uh-huh. you can't
1: have it all the way one way, or else Ooh. shit
0: starts really getting right, fucked, right. you know? Yeah, so, uh, Sedona <laughs> mud bath right in your own living room. <laughs>
1: Check out the podcast as well. You just mentioned yeah. issues with Andy. You guys yeah. are well over 100 episodes yeah, in now. Yeah, yeah,
0: we uh, we were turning them out during COVID. We were just doing two uh, two a week and and they were all on YouTube and uh and then at some point we were like, let's scale back on the free shows and we moved it more or less to Patreon and we lost a few people who were like, "Man, I was hoping the free shows would keep coming forever." <laughs> and uh but we we got it it's I like the Patreon Better because I feel like I can talk more shit about people. There you go. Because they they have to pay a certain, you know, you got to pay five dollars a month if you want to hear if I'm talking shit about you. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: Which has always amazed me that Patreon. I've seen them deplatform people before, and I've always thought that's funny. He's like, wait, this guy's getting paid by people that want to hear him say the shit he's saying. Just let him make right. his money. You know, right, it doesn't right. matter if yeah. he's an asshole. Yeah. Like, it's One
0: well, and YouTube and everything it was like. uh People would listen to it on that. I love listening to stuff on YouTube, but man, could you stop terrorizing me with advertisements? Like don't break up a song in the middle of the song to advertise that you won't do that. If I pay for the service, like (laughs) you just, you already (laughs) pissed me off. And now you're like, Hey man, I don't, I'm sorry about interrupting your music. Uh, but uh, this ad's real important. It's about your music being interrupted. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know. I don't want to be your friend, YouTube.
1: I And honestly, YouTube is, and it, look, I'm on there. I'm not trying to, uh, to you know, downplay the platform itself. But honestly, it's the worst about it. It's the mm-hmm. very worst one. And I will never, I'll never do the free trial. I'll uh-huh. never pay the premium subscription, right. you know, just because I've dealt with that so And much. I
0: did it one time, and then it was like canceling was hard. Yeah. And uh, yep. it's like, you know. They're
1: always going to make it hard for you to cancel. That's just the way that it Uh goes, you know? Yeah,
0: I just got robbed by my bank in a situation. I don't want to go into it (laughs) because it involves a local branch who I'm still trying to get back with. But they they aided and abetted a company that took $200 for something I canceled, and I didn't get confirmation I canceled. So then I went and traded off cards. And it, it's just been years, you know, like it's, it stayed and then they just took 200. So I told the bank, I go, basically you guys helped a predatory company rob me of money and <laughs> I haven't like heard it. back from them. So I yeah. feel like I'm going to keep harassing them.
1: It's funny when you talk to them like that, how they start to get like a, a <laughs> they start
0: well, to not want to talk to you but it's anymore, just but like, it's, like every, it's you true, know, you It's know? all ready to burn and nobody gives a shit about your complaint. <laughs> you know, like you used to go in and go, I've been with this company thirty years and I, and then they won't call you back yeah. they don't they're new people and new philosophies and you're thirty year ten years like well this old guy's bitching yep. cut him loose man he ain't gonna leave or you know
1: you know I have some family members that just got scammed on the internet pretty bad and uh they called Capital One to deal with it that was their company and and the person at capital One no shit Never had scams before, never have been dealt with identity theft before. Capital One goes, well, we're going to send this to, like, an adjudicator, and they're going si- to decide if you can use our stuff anymore.
0: Really? Because wow, we think yeah, that yeah. you might
1: just be that dumb and that you're, didn't, you're not going to learn anything. And uh-huh, so it's like uh-huh. I, I told them, I was like, you know, look, I, I'm not the biggest fan, but Chase Bank, they'll take you any day of the week as long as you got five bucks in your uh-huh, account. You yeah, know, they're yeah. not going to boot you off like yeah. Capital
0: One. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a, trying to find a bank that ain't going to rip you off. It's like, <laughs> oh, I've been hurt a lot, <laughs> Yeah, we all have, we all have bank PTSD oh, man, for yeah. sure. Uh,
1: Andy, thank you so much for joining oh, me, yeah. man. Uh, we'll definitely do this again. I, I, even though I know it's probably not going to happen, I hope to at least see you out and have a drink with you at one of the open mics soon. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm, I am going to pop into stuff. I'm just going to do what I want. You know, I'm not going to do it because I feel like I need to. Get stage time, yeah, right. Hey, I, man. Even if you didn't go on, love to
1: love to go out and spend some time with you. Yeah, so yeah, we'll do it. Um, and maskless, we'll, yeah, maskless, and we're we'll definitely going to do some tailgating as well this uh, this year. So we'll have you back on the podcast after football season's yeah. uh, back in in full swing and watch we'll, some football. There we go. All right, Andy Andrus everybody. That's the Mandarin Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Transmission. (laughs)